You're listening to The Ascent Podcast, a production of Foothills Church. We live in a society marked by a pursuit of happiness, a relentless chase for success, status, and comfort, all of which now has been inflated and warped by the influence of social media. So what's the cost of this? Well, according to a recent Harvard Medical School study, roughly 40 million American adults now suffer from some form of anxiety disorder. See, what we're really seeking is peace, but what is peace and and where do we find it? We sat down with lead pastor of Foothills Church, Trent Stewart, to explore that and more on today's episode of the Ascent Podcast. As we draw closer to his heart, as we lean into trusting in in the ways of God, even when we don't understand, that's how we essentially get to a a place of peace in our heart, in our mind. And so I think for for many of us, we just have to redefine, you know, what peace actually is. I am Britton Drown. Thanks as always for listening. Let's jump right in. Well, as always, we're joined by Pastor Trent Stewart today as we take a dive into the concept of worry and anxiety in today's culture. Pastor Trent, welcome as always to the show. Good to be here, and uh, thanks to everybody who's uh, tuning in today. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to start here. It seems like you know worry and anxiety today, especially among young people, really is more prevalent than ever before. Do, do you sense that? Yeah, I mean, I think the rise of uh, social media has been a big influence and just media in general for our younger people. But, you know, for older people, it, it's not any easier, uh, you know, because we're, we deal with it as well. You know, the idea of worrying about tomorrow and constantly the financial pressures of the world and of life. And then are we being a good parent? Are we, you know, are we going to you know, accomplish and do the things that we you know, set out to accomplish, and then there's disease and sickness, and gosh, this this is a broken world, and so there are a million things that uh, we could be worried about. When you think about anxiety or, or worry, I mean, really, we're talking about is this kind of longing for a sense of peace, are we not? Yeah, I think the human heart is longing for peace, peace of mind, peace with God, peace with others. We just don't know how to get it. And um, we strive and we struggle in various ways to try to get that peace. Um, but there's nothing that really fits that hole in our heart except for Jesus. So really, what is it that, that really robs us of, of that sense of peace? Well, many things, I think, um, for ambitious people who are always trying to make a name for themselves, they're always going to be restless because they're looking for the next hill to climb. They're never content with what God has given to them, and so they're constantly pushing the envelope, and that's going to rob them of their peace. It's it's envy for some people. Uh, the envious, uh, bitter person is always upset at other people who are successful. They get angry when other people have more money or nicer things, and so envy is going to rob you of peace. Uh, sometimes just being overly curious in the sense that we just question God, we analyze God, we try to get uh, answers from Him on why did you do this and you know why didn't you do it this way? And if we don't get the answers that we want, it will rob us of peace. And and sometimes those answers just don't exist. Um, and then you've got those who long to be in control. And so if you are in control of situations, then you feel like things are at peace. But 
the minute something isn't fixable, the minute that you feel like things are out of control, you're, you're not in control of a situation, then you'll be robbed of peace. And so those are just a few um, ways that that happens. And there are a million more that uh, if we allow sin into our heart and, and that trust for God is not there, then anxiety and worry uh, will flood our heart. So I'm kind of curious, is part of those symptoms really just kind of an issue with having the wrong you know, definition in the first place of what peace really is? Yeah, I mean, I think peace is commonly you know, thought of as just this calm, bliss, contentment. And, um, you know, if we can just get that, then we'll be happy. But, you know, the reality is we can find that in alcohol. We can find that in a good Sunday afternoon nap. We can find that in drugs. Um, godly peace is different. It's it's not going to be produced by a, a human element. Um, you can't just, you know, coax it up. Um, it has to be given to you by God. And so as we draw closer to his heart, as we lean into trusting in in the ways of God, even when we don't understand, that's how we essentially get to a a place of peace in our heart and our mind. And so I think for for many of us, we just have to redefine, you know, what peace actually is. So Jesus really does offer us this this place of peace, doesn't he? Yeah. And, you know, John 14 is a great passage to turn to, to look at. Um, You know, he starts off in verse one, let not your heart be troubled. And then he says, believe in God, believe also in me. Um, And so I think first and foremost, there is a level of trust. We have to believe that Jesus is our peace. Only he is is peace. He's called the Prince of Peace. And so if we want peace in in, in our heart, in our minds, if we want to overcome worry, if we want to overcome anxiety in our life, we have to begin to believe the right things. And, you know, first and foremost is this idea that without Jesus, there is no peace. And so uh, with him, uh, he gives us this peace that transcends all understanding. He goes into, in John 14, this idea that I'm going away and I'm going to prepare a place for you. So he's talking about our future. And so not only is he peace and is he giving us peace, but he's also telling us that there is a future for us and it is secure in him. And so when we can believe in some of these things, it helps to settle our heart. Um, when we can believe that Jesus is with us in our pain, I think that's helpful too. He's He's with us in a difficult situation so that, sure, we feel alone. Sure, we feel like nobody is around. Sure, we feel like things, our world is turning upside down. But when we see that in John 14 specifically here that he is sending us the gift of the Holy Spirit, And uh, he's saying, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you uh, the Holy Spirit, and he's the comforter, and it's better for me to leave uh, because the Spirit is now going to be within you. And so even when it feels like, you know, you're alone, you're never alone in Christ. He's he's always with you. Yeah, I love that. When you when you begin to believe, like you said, believing the right things, we have to move to action. So so what are some of the ways of doing that? What are the, some of the ways that we can move from believing to really like living out that belief? Well, Jesus says in verse 27 of, of John 14, he says, I'm leaving you peace. I'm giving you peace. So peace is actually a gift from, from God. You, you can't just you know, create that. You can't just take a pill to get it. So it's it's a gift from him. But then he says something interesting that I think answers your question. Jesus says, I, I don't give as the world gives. Not as the world gives do I give to you. And then he says, let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. And so Jesus is saying here that I don't give 
like the world gives. And I think that's sometimes what frustrates us is that we expect Jesus to give things to us like, you know, the world gives to us. And so the world offers us peace through health insurance and retirement funds and 911 police officers. This gives us peace of mind. We get alarms on our houses. We have locks. We have guard dogs. uh, We have the right to bear arms. These are all ways that give us a sense of peace, but all of those can be taken away from us. And what Jesus is offering us is a kind of peace that can't be taken away. When the police don't show up, when the locks don't work, when the army is charging down the street coming for you and your house, he's saying, I am giving you a peace even in that situation. Even in cancer, even in disease, even when the bank account doesn't look healthy, in all of this, your heart is settled, your confidence is fixed in a hope and in a love of your Savior. And that's where the place of peace exists. In the midst of chaos, your heart is settled and your heart has confidence and hope that Jesus is with you, your future is secure, he is in control, and he is always going to do what is right. Yeah, so if I'm listening to this and, and I do believe those those right things and what, what what next happens in my life? How can I really kind of, you know, grow in that belief and grow in that faith? Sure. So some practical things. Uh, I think uh, Paul gives us some great insights in Philippians chapter 4 and and um, in verse 4 he says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. And so I think having a joyful um, heart is is helpful to overcome anxiety. Now, if there is sickness and there is divorce and there is pain, it's not like we're skipping along the sidewalk here, whistling, you know, a, a tune. That's not what he's talking about. He's He's talking about a settled joy in your heart that in Christ, there is a hope and, and a joy that your salvation has your future secure and that he's working all this out for your good. And so there's that mindset. And then he goes into this command, really. He says, do not be anxious about anything. And so we think, really? About anything? Um, and he says, instead of being anxious, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So essentially, he says, instead of worrying, um, as soon as that worry, as soon as that anxiety starts to hit your heart, starts to hit your mind, the first thing we, we do is we pray. And so in that prayer, he says, with thanksgiving. And I think that is a huge key to overcoming this, because if I can make a list of the things that I'm thankful for in my prayer, and I can tell God, this is what I'm thankful for, and I can make this list of my family, and you know, maybe it is my health, and maybe it is my church, and maybe it is this friend or that friend, or and I can begin to dial in and be detailed about those things I am thankful for, it begins to shift the focus of my mind, because a lot of times worry and anxiety is just kind of worst case scenario. We think of things and worry about things that haven't happened, that most likely aren't going to happen. Um, and so when we when we waste time thinking about things that haven't happened, we're just stirring up our heart into unbelief, into uh, just a, a, a tizzy that gets our mind away from God and, and we lose trust in Him. And so he says simply just to be thankful in that prayer. Uh, and so fo- following that in verses 8 uh, and 9, he tells us things to actually uh, think about. And he says, okay, I w- w- think about things that are whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable, whatever is excellent. Uh, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
And so not only am I thankful in my prayer, but I'm also now thinking about things that are holy, things that are good. Essentially, I would just say we have to think about God. Uh, these are all characteristics of, of who God is. And, and so as I'm thinking about him, I don't just want to think about him. I want to I actually think deeply about him. And this is what I love about our faith. A lot of a lot of people think that Christianity is just dumb faith or or dumb thinking. Uh, it's a you know religion is a, Christianity is a crutch you know to the weak minded. Uh, I, I you know it's totally the opposite. You know Christianity is deep thinking about those deep truths and those deep questions that every human soul longs for. Uh, if you talk to an atheist, um, if you talk to an agnostic. They don't believe in the afterlife. They don't believe that any of this matters. And so there's no sense in wrestling with the real purpose of life or what happens after we die because there is nothing. There's no meaning. And so there's no real dialogue about the meaning of life. Just do whatever, you know, you think is right. Um, and then, you know, that, that's all we can kind of hope for. And so the conversation's over. There's no point to, to talking about uh, death. There's no point to talk about you know, suffering. Well, why do we suffer? Is there a point to suffering? Well, for, for them, there isn't. But for the Christian, these are deep, deep questions that only a, a, a sovereign God could even give us a hint and a clue how to answer them. And so we think deeply about God. We think deeply about uh, his truth, and we think deeply about those things that are honorable and lovely and pure and excellent, and and uh, the scriptures give us uh, answers to those questions. And and so he tells us to think deeply about these things. And then the, the close of that passage in verse 9, he says, whatever you have learned, whatever you've received and heard and seen in me, this is Paul talking, he says, practice these things, and then the God of peace will be with you. So I think from a practical standpoint, he's, he's saying practice your faith. And, and he's saying, I've been a model to you of what this faith lived out. I've been in prison. I've been beaten. I've, I've been suffering. And yet my joy and my contentment and, and my focus uh, has been on the Lord. I'm not worried about this situation because I know he's in control. And so therefore, he's saying, model me. So for us, we've got to practice our faith. And so what do we do? Well, we know we're supposed to lean in and worship God, you know, so connecting to a local church. Where are you going to church? Are you attending faithfully? Where are you serving in that church? So am, am I going to, on a practical sense, give back? Uh, I, I find a lot of anxiety and, and I find a lot of uh, just worry in my own life it tends to happen when I'm only focused about myself. But when I can serve and when I get the focus off myself and, and start to serve in my church, then that gets my mind in the right place. We know we're supposed to give, so are we generous? Um, so all of these practical things, I think, again, s might sound like, oh, yeah, we know, go to church, sing, be generous, serve, yeah, um, get into the Word of God. I've got to be in the Word. Well, yeah, you've got to do these things. And so uh, it's not that you need to learn anything new. It's that you need to be reminded of what you already know. That's really good, yeah. I mean, I think... It's a bit of 
put a bow on this that was really good. We know peace definitely does not come without a fight, and those are great practical steps there to really engage in that fight. And ultimately, we know it is a fight, but Jesus has already won the battle. Yeah, and that's the great news for us um, because we do have to fight for peace in our life. But because he has won this battle, he's defeated sin, he's defeated death, he took our place. Now, when, when we have faith in Christ, his spirit lives within us, giving us strength to overcome all of these worries and anxieties. Do not let your heart be troubled. We trust in him. We believe in him. We know that he has a, a plan. We know that sometimes sin in the world brings harm to us. He doesn't cause that harm. He didn't want that sin to happen to us. But what in the sovereignty of God, what happens is if we lean into him, he uses all things that happen to us for our good. And that is a hard truth sometimes to wrestle with, but it's true. And I found it to be true in my own life, uh, in my own suffering and in, in situations that I've gone through and countless other people uh, in our church and in, in ministries where God is, is using these difficult things for his glory and your good. The question is, are you going to trust him in this season? Well, that's really good, Pastor Trent. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And next time, we're going to continue this conversation as we touch on another topic and discuss bitterness. But for now, thanks, as always, for joining us. Absolutely. Well, that wraps us up for today's episode of The Ascent Podcast. Thanks, as always, for listening. And please take a moment, if you enjoy today's episode, to leave us a rating or a review. Ratings and reviews truly do help us to reach more people. Thanks as always for listening.